Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. It is Sunday, and what to my my weary eyes, we have an October surprise. So let's ground up this puppy, put it in the paper, and let's jump into the rotation. Now, I had a whole different show planned for this week. I'm not even sure what it was anymore because it's been so long I've forgotten about it. Something like that? Pardon it? Joe Rusan or something like that? Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about the social equity licenses and and the Pigford license and the the tokenism license we got going that that may or may not get reviewed. But uh, we got hit in the middle of the week with a real surprise uh, coming from the White House. And it was a proclamation that uh, Joe Biden has decided that uh, <clears throat> the, the campaign promise he made tw- uh, two years ago, he's going to go ahead with it. And it really did shock us that he was talking about pardons and talking about descheduling or rescheduling of cannabis. But there's a lot of ins and outs into the wording. And we always say it's, you know, words matter. So we're, we're, we're going to get heavily into this. But let me go, go ahead and, and, and introduce uh, the, the gang here. I'm Gary Stein, the political director of Suncoast Normal. To my right, your left, is uh, Carlos Jose Armida, who is not only our deputy director, but also the head of the CBD and Mushroom Emporium, first in this country. Is a CBD and Mushroom Haberdashery. Haberdashery. Yeah, put it in your hat and smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) And up here on the upper right-hand side, we have coming from above the beltway where he hits him below the beltway, Christopher Kano, our executive director. And down below, we have a, a special guest, Jason Beck, who is one of the longest running entrepreneurs in the cannabis space. And yes, ladies, he is from Los Angeles, but he is by coastal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where, where are you now? I just learned that's Mar-a-Lago. That's right. Yeah. Broadcasting live from Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> the winter White House. <laughs> I like that you're you're claiming to be the highest Republican. You 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 had that on your thing, and I I just kind of went with it everywhere. Yeah, and I, yeah, I love that. I I know I know no none other. It's nice to know that you're visiting Trump at his retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> but we really we really got blindsided, so to speak, uh, on this uh, this proclamation this last week, and of course we're we're, we're going to break it down. And I guess one of the first things we want to talk about is the fact that he said that he will he will go ahead and give full and unadulterated pardons to everybody who has federal possession charges. Now, Jason, you actually had a couple of uh, uh, scuffs with the feds. Yes. Uh, would you be included in this? No. <laughs> and why no. is that? Well, first of all, no one is included in this because there is no one in federal prison for simple cannabis possession 
for starters. There's absolutely zero people that are getting out of jail because of this. Okay, so where are they? What do you mean? What the are folks they? who got charged on uh, federally. I, I, for instance, everyone, everyone that's been charged on federally in cannabis-related crimes, you're either charged for distribution, uh, transporting, or conspiracy. Those, those are really the three main things that, that you would be charged for in regards with a cannabis case on a federal charge. There is absolutely no one serving federal time in federal prison for simple possession of marijuana. Now, Steve Bloom, who you may know. Uh, I know Steve very well, yeah. yeah. He has a friend who uh, apparently was smoking at uh, Independence Hall. Okay. <laughs> because it's a, 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 a national... That's federal, uh, that's federal property. Which is federal property. Correct. He had a half a joint on him. And he uh, was given two years probation. So he's not gonna, he's not in jail, but he would be one of the 6,500 that would be included in this because it was a simple possession charge, but it was on federal, federal land. But again, no one's getting out of prison. So, so what you're saying is like nothing's happening? No, no, because no, there is something happening, and I don't want to take away from, from, the, uh, from, from, from the goodness of this gesture at all so, either. So um, as, as but, a, but, but as I think... Everyone marijuana is smoking Republican as the highest Republican out there. What does what does this do from your perspective? So basically, all this does is um, it helps the people in D.C. in regards to cannabis possession. Mm-hmm. And um, it also helps anyone that would get caught mm-hmm. on federal land um, with with cannabis and basically makes it so that the Department of the Te- Interior, who governs the national parks and whatnot, um, would not be able to say, oh, yeah, you're arrested for, for weed on federal land. Uh, that, that to me is all that I really see that it actually does. Beside get, besides get everybody all amped up like, oh, this is a great change. Da, 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 and you know what I'm saying? Keep on beating that drum and whatnot. But there is absolutely no one that's getting out of jail because of this. Yeah, but the, other, the, the, the third part where he talks about uh, looking into the situation of uh, descheduling or rescheduling. Now, this was actually set up uh, in 1971 when the deputy uh, uh, surgeon general had said that the attorney, attorney general could at any time, if given reasons, could deschedule cannabis and not, put, not keep it there. That was one of the reasons for the, Sch- the Schaefer Commission was to examine whether it actually should be in that spot or not. And it's been all this time where nothing really happened. Well, you know, that, that, that to me is the, the devil in the details. Yeah. And we, we, we always have to deal with the details because it's the details that, that usually kill us in the end. You get us knocked out. Like, for instance, when someone says, we're going to look into this, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to do it. And that, 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 well, that, includes, that includes the orange guy. Let's, let, 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 let's break this down a little bit. Let's break this down a b- little bit. Any rescheduling of any form going to any number would have dire consequences for the cannabis industry overall and all it would do would hand over the cannabis industry to big pharma the only thing that can be done that would be meaningful to the cannabis industry is full descheduling there is no substitute there is no oh let's move it to schedule one right now president biden wants to move it to schedule three which at the pond of that would immediately move it into the hands of big pharma and would make every single operator um, illicit operators in the sense because that would put it the FDA in full governance over cannabis and they already have um, uh, 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 
uh, Marinol for THC and they have Epidiolex for CBD. So therefore they would have drug preclusion on everything and every single product would be considered unadulterated under the, uh, um, the uh, cosmetic, uh, the, co the cosmetic food, uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, the Cosmetic Food and Drug Act of 1906. Yes, thank you. Yes. No problem. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's an interesting proposal and, and something we, we've got to delve in heavily. But we have our first extra guest here to to, to chime in. And uh, this is a representative, Andrew Learned, of the 52nd District. Is that correct? Uh, 59th currently 59th. running. 59th. I, I got it right in the caption, Andrew. No worries. <laughs> well, they, they Nobody knows the numbers. numbers. <laughs> I'm a member and I don't know the numbers. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing how you can stand and stay in one place and all of a sudden change districts. Because <laughs> you have to have a couple extra folks of color in your district and they say, you've got to go someplace else so we can get somebody else in there. I'm not saying that actually happens, but it, it, we do tend to have a problem with the redistricting here in Florida. Absolutely. But, you know, we fight on. Now, you uh, were one of our champions this last session. You took a number of bills that we, we did, put them up as amendments. And uh, as, as Chris and I saw at about midnight, they pretty much got shouted down. I mean, not just said, not just being told, well, let's think about it. But they actually yelled, no, as you were talking. Yeah, I can't believe that. <laughs> I, I heard about that, man. And it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Bipartisan too. That was that was one of the few bipartisan bills that really uh, got killed in the end. Um, Representative Roach, who you all know, uh, tried to, uh, for lack of a better word, like really roll back and, and kill the medical marijuana industry in Florida. A couple of years in a row with THC cap bills, we had him on board. That's how like agreeable the legislation was, as far as reducing costs for patients. Really, just adding protections for kids, which under this new descheduling regime, like would have been incredibly helpful. Um, it was just a, it was a good bipartisan uh, piece of work and unfortunately didn't pass, but um, you know, certainly something I know we want to try again. I will say though, um, I don't know if anybody on the show has been following it, but uh, Representative Roach lost his house uh, during Hurricane oh, Ian. Jesus. He had, I think three or four feet of water in his house. So um, oh, I have not talked to him about this, <laughs> but uh, certainly, hopefully, uh, by the time the spring comes around, we'll be able to have this well, conversation. It, it's definitely true, Andrew, and, and I, I don't know if you remember uh, us coming to your office, and I, I remember uh, talking to you about this like bipartisan bill that you were presenting with Roach, and basically saying, I'm in this uh, hemp industry, I'm kind of skeptical about this bill. And after talking to you, really realizing that this would be the best approach for, for Florida to really like embrace all sides of the aisle, right? And, and I really do want to commend you for wanting to, to, to work with Republicans in our system. I think that that's a really great thing that you're trying to do. I am interested in hearing what you, you have to say, not only about what uh, uh, Biden's doing, but of the possibility of uh, the Republicans here in this state working with Biden to um, change marijuana laws here, because essentially Biden, that's what Biden's trying to do. Yeah, and I heard some of the conversation uh, before I came on. So totally agree with uh, Jason's broader points, I think, um, where we need the states in order to make this uh, descheduling and the, and the um, decriminalization part real, right? Like we're gonna have to work with our colleagues to do that. I am, um, 
um, you know, I'm a Democrat, right? Like I'm, I, I'm eternally optimistic that they will agree with us and, and reduce the cost of incarceration. Uh, it's, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar operation that we spend every year housing a lot of nonviolent drug criminals. So we could really do a lot of good for a lot of people. Uh, I know a lot of Republicans that use the products. So uh, I do think this is a bipartisan initiative, or at least it should be. Um, but unfortunately, you know, the rhetoric has gotten out ahead of them on this, and it's going to be hard for a lot of people to do this 180 about face in the months ahead. I, I, I think that the momentum is there. So um, we should, but, you know, the so big elephant in the room is Governor DeSantis is running for president in 2024. He cares more about a Republican primary than he does the politics of our state. And that means a lot of what's going to happen in the next couple of months is going to be more about that national audience than it is about the Florida audience. And I could see that cutting both ways. I could see that saying he's got, he wants to get in on this and I could see him going hard no. So uh, we'll see, but I, I, I hope we are able to get this thing done this legislative session. Is well, there Andrew, a path? Uh, uh, the Gary, 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 let, let me chime in real quick. Andrew, you, you said you find it difficult for uh, some of the Republicans to do a 180, but I just want to point out that 12 of the Republicans in the Florida delegation in Congress voted against disaster relief just the week before Hurricane Ian. So, and now they're asking for money for disaster relief. So when it comes to Republicans doing 180s on issues, I don't see it as that hard of a leap for these guys in Congress. But but you're right. Uh, when it you comes said it, Chris, not me. When, when it comes to DeSantis, um, you know, he's going to have to look at where he's polling, right? Like if if, if the Midwest, those those South Dakota Republicans uh, uh, aren't liking his legalization approach, then then, yeah, he may uh, double down on it. But then if he finds out, you know, hey, maybe the, the, the you know, being pro legalization is what he needs. I mean, all in all, what we've seen, whether it's DeSantis or Charlie Chris, is that the guys at the top go where the polls are telling them to go oftentimes rather than where their constituents want them to go. And I think that's uh, why we, we always say, you know, polls are bullshit in a lot of ways or, you know, watch the pollsters that you hire because they're just uh, give you a product that you want to see rather than what actually is what the people want. So, right, like the polling of this is, is really clear and that's a cross partisan divides. The question is going to be, can he create a wedge within a Republican primary with it? So we're not talking. You don't need a majority uh, opposition by any means like he can just find a 10 20 percent plurality and just hammer that and it's about how he's going to pull siphon votes away from former president trump in the primary and that's a totally different dynamic that i won't pretend to understand i guess DeSantis also has to wonder if he's going to be able to beat uh, uh what is the name of that guy who's the governor of california oh gavin the newsom yeah, the guy with the, the, well, guy see, with, the with the good hair and, and the corporate parking space. Yeah, but see, the the, the Democrats are going to be pushing Pete Buttigieg as their main nominee um, during this upcoming presidential race, and I don't see DeSantis really going that hard when Trump is going to be coming back and running again for president in twenty four. Also, well, I tell you, I got, if you I think he's going to stand out, I don't think you know the governor. <laughs> I mean, he's been itching for this fight his I've, whole life. I've known, I, I've, I've known, I've known, uh, I've known Governor DeSantis uh, back when he was a uh, mem member in Congress, and so um, I just know that you know Tr Trump is the one with the most uh, money in the room, and that is generally how politics go, and so we shall see. 
Yeah, we have a race right now where we got, uh, I guess DeSantis has $120 million in his, in his war chest, and uh, Chris has about eight uh, that, he, that he, can, he can spend right now. But good news, uh, Earn Media is free. So cause a whole bunch of trouble, and all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of free advertising. And that's pretty yeah. much the way that, that Trump ran the, the first election. He had more earned media than paid media at one point in time. So I guess you could, you could take a, a, a page from that book. 100%. 100%, Gary. Is, uh, Andrew, is there a path in the state legislature to move forward and, uh, and follow the, the lead that Biden had put out towards the, uh, the states to go ahead and, and get the, the full pardons as opposed to just you know incremental uh, decriminalization and things of that sort? You know, I think there's a path. I think that path goes, again, through Governor DeSantis, right? The Republicans have made very clear they are just going to defer to leadership and what they're told, and that that, that direction is going to come from the governor's office for them. Uh, I do think, I, in fact, I know there, there's the votes in the, in the chamber if you just ask people on the merits, but... The reality is that's not the way they're going to cast that vote. They're going to go through leadership. It's going to be a whipped vote. And that means you need the governor in order to get it done. And that's just the reality of Republican politics in Florida today, right? Like they cannot get out ahead on anything. And uh, I would challenge anyone to find any Republican running anywhere in the state right now and find an issue where there is disagreement with them and their leadership. The reality is the Democrats, we fight with our leadership on every issue. We are not clear on anything. We are all voting our conscience on every vote. I think that's the way most people would want their representatives to be. But at the same time, that's not what happens on the Republican side. They are a uniform block. And frankly, that makes them hard to beat if they decide that they're going to be against us. So you're saying the Democrats fall in love and Republicans fall in line. Is that right? <laughs> Something like that. That was that was cute. Can, can I ask you? Can I ask you a question, uh, Representative? That's why I'm here. Um, so, um, so I, I I like Gary's question, but I kind of want to pose it in a, in, a, in a different manner. Uh, President Biden recently called on all governors to um, to enact a, a, a sense of, of of pardoning people for unjust cannabis uh, crimes uh, th th for a number of years. Let's just go back 10, 20 years, whatever. How much do you think influence um, is going to influence Governor DeSantis to do something like that coming from Joe Biden? None. Um, the, 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 the calculus I think he's going to make is about, like I said, that Republican primary for president against former President Trump, right? If this is a wedge that he can see is creating an issue and siphoning some votes off, maybe he does it. Um, or he, he takes the opposite and he, maybe he doesn't, right? Uh, but it's going to be about that Republican primary. It has nothing to do with Florida politics at all. Which is sad, right? Because that's the problem with like our state today, right? Like we are using our state's politics as a launch pad for Republican presidential primaries instead of talking to the fact that 49% of the state of Florida doesn't agree with it, right? And and we are a very purple place. There's a lot of disagreement. Uh, it's a dynamic state. And these votes these guys have taken like, against hurricane relief and such, like 
those are going to haunt them. It's going to haunt them, but it doesn't matter because again, these Republican primaries are more important than fighting for working people in Florida, which is what's holding our state back. At least they are senators. Are they split on the uh, on, on the bill to uh, for disaster relief? I think Rubio voted against it, and and Rick Scott is actually pushing for an extra session to go ahead and, and re uh, look into it again. Rick Scott voted against it. Marco Rubio didn't bother to show up. So frankly, oh. both of them are full of shit, in my opinion. <laughs> Jason, I I gotta say, I see you in the corner there, uh, smoking your joint and uh, you know uh, wearing that badge as the highest Republican proudly. And I mean, we're 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 not t- talking very favorably about Republicans right now. And quite honestly, like I, we have we have I, thick skin. We have thick skin, Carlos. Be, we can before take the good we with went the bad. live. I actually uh, said something to you where I, I said, you know, sometimes I wish I was a Republican. Um, but like, you know, it's conversations like these where, like, really, it's it it, it seems unethical to be Republican. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, like, like, do you have any comments? Well, I think, I, I think you have to, I, and and I don't know um, enough of what's going on internally within Florida politics in in regards to that. But I'm willing to bet there's some type of outer lay re- reason. And let me just give you kind of a, of another of another example. Um, recently, a number of Republicans voted against um, a veterans bill, right? I think you guys all all remember this. And the burning pit. Correct. And so the reason the, the, the reason that, that Republicans did that is because they know that they're going to control the government in the next session. And so why give the Democrats a win when we can just pass it, kick the can down the road and just pass it in the next session when we'll get credit for the win? So, so the veterans are going to die. But, you know, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Representative. Saying I, I didn't say I didn't say I didn't say it was right. I'm just giving you the, the thought process and the reasoning. So back to Carlos's point, how unethical is that? Well, well, let, let's. Well, I mean, I mean, Democrats let's, do let's do a lot of the same thing, but just in different ways in a number of different different circumstances. Let, well, 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 let's simplify things here a little bit. Let, uh, let's remember why we're here. Let's not let this conversation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think we're here, here to battle between which side about, is. We're yeah. here about cannabis reform, and I I I propose a uh, uh, a question to to Rep. Learned earlier. I'll. I'll Propose the same question to you, Jason. Uh, what is the possibility of DeSantis doing something ethically and working with Democrats to legalize cannabis? Is there like you're this is obviously something that you want. Why are you still on his side, even though he's not doing the right thing and giving it to you? And, and, and before you answer, you want this because you yourself are ethical. Like I'm Correct. not saying Republicans are unethical, right? Yes. I'm just saying that's what it sounds like. You well, know, my, my thing is this is is that you can't always make the bad the enemy of the good. And anyone that understands politics should always know that. And with, with me um, being the highest Republican and whatnot, um, I, I do a lot of outreach and a lot of major conversations with a lot of different um, Republicans that normally couldn't have that kind of conversation with another individual. Um, like just for an instance, yeah. I, I, I can touch on a number of different things. I was adopted. Um, I was I wasn't supposed to live at birth. Um, I was born with cerebral palsy and cannabis truly helps me to 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 alleviate a lot of the uh, the symptoms that I, and things that happen. And as a result of having cerebral palsy and actually makes me a productive member of society. So I can hammer a number of different issues in a number in a number of different ways and really have that kind of engagement and, and, and follow through and really kind of be that person to 
change the minds of these individuals. Um, and, and so that's what really my, my, my focus is, is, is to be the adults in the room and show it from a logical perspective. Wonderful. Just the fact that you're sitting where you are, listening listening us to talk the way we're talking means that I, I, like i said i i, I can take it i i, I can uh, t i can take the abuse i'm totally fine with it you but know. what why 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 are we still thinking that DeSantis can do something are, are are you under the impression that republicans are going to legalize cannabis and and no <laughs> no 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 i don't i i don't see i i, I don't see how um i mean Gary, that 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 bill, that, that that press release you sent me, that was that was from a year ago. That wasn't from just yesterday, was it? Uh, which was the the, the Brandis bill that was twenty twenty. Yeah, in twenty twenty, exactly. So, is anyone uh, championing this type of legislation in the legislature right now? Uh, in the state legislature, correct. Uh, I think because because you have Kim Rivers that's put together. Um, put together a voter initiative that's a single single issue topic. You have a number of advocates that are that are uh, not going to support this um, at, at all in the ballot box. And she's out trying to raise money to garner other support. And it's getting portrayed in the public as strictly an MSO uh, corporate takeover of Florida right. cannabis bill. And so, um, I mean, we, we've had those kinds of things happen in California and those things not pass given from the conversation that we were just having, I don't think that's that's the case. I think Democrats would be willing to work with Republicans if it's the right thing to do. Man, you're talking to one who just did. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I, I think you're right about that. I mean, I know uh, Matt, Matt Gates is a good friend of mine and he's from your state. And, and I know, I, you know, he's told me straight up, you know, I'm willing to work with anyone that's willing to work with me on this issue. Like, I don't care about political party in regards to that. And so that's that's kind of where I where the approach that I take that from. And Gates and Dis and Darren Soto uh, co-sponsored a bill to uh, deschedule cannabis or reschedule cannabis. I think it was about two years ago, maybe maybe more. And it, it, of course, it went nowhere. But uh, it, it was a bipartisan effort over there in D.C., which was good to see, I suppose. Although Gates in and of himself can't pull up enough votes and have everybody follow him at this point in time. To, uh, no, but to but he did he did crush his he did crush his primary. Yeah, well, that's not look, too hard to do. In you know, <laughs> uh, what you were saying earlier, though, about, you know, kicking the can down the road, Jason, about, for victories, you're absolutely right. Um, the Democrats have done that same thing in, in, in Congress. Uh, Senator Schumer has essentially kicked the can down the road on, on legalization in the Senate because he wants to encourage people to turn out and vote for Democrats to hold the Senate uh, to actually get anything done when it comes to legalization. The problem is, is that if the Democrats lose the House and they don't hold on to both the chambers, then legalization is done for the rest of the Biden administration. Well, first of all, if you think legalization is going to happen under the Biden administration, who is the author of the 94 crime bill, I mean, you, it has always been a cannabis prohibitionist. You are dead wrong if you think that legalization is ever going to happen under his watch. Well, I actually agree with that because of the fact that we had Eleanor Holmes Norton on uh, a couple months ago, and we asked her, what is your major bl block to getting D.C. legalized? And she said, it's Biden. It, that it, The head of writer was all set up, and he was the one who shot it down. That was <clears throat> all before he just passed a nationwide decriminalization and expungement and called for descheduling, right? Like he very publicly just reversed that course. So all of the thinking- Hold on, who, who called for descheduling? Who called for descheduling? Who called for descheduling? Uh, 
Biden. <laughs> Biden did not call for descheduling at all whatsoever. Yeah, you can get into no, no, the, like, no, 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 no. He called. He called to. He called for a firm. Very publicly. He did not call for descheduling. That is not true at all. That is a hundred percent fake news. He called for the. He called for the. Uh, looking into the he situation. called he called to, to 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 put a committee together to look into cannabis about being rescheduled. He was very clear with that language because what President Biden wants is for cannabis to go to Schedule Three, which immediately at that point cannabis industry is done and is immediately handed whoa, over whoa, to the whoa, pharmaceutical whoa, whoa, whoa. industry. Whoa, whoa, Jason, 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 you can't. First off, you're not in the the morning briefing, so I don't know where you, you can say he wants that specifically. What I can say is this much, and what Andrew said, and and what Republicans you all constantly say about Biden is that he's confused. He doesn't know where he's going. I'm confused right now on the policies in the sense like you're right. He's did sponsor the 94 crime bill, but here he is, you know, calling on uh, on folks to, to you know, uh, forgive marijuana pardons and such. Essentially, it's him trying to fix his past screw ups. And I and we can all see that because, as you said before, uh, you know, there's an election coming up. Charlie Chris is the same thing. Charlie Chris came on this show and said he's for growing as many plants as you want. That's the same chain gang Charlie that, that, that we all remember uh, from the early 2000s. So I, I think that the fact is, is that there is this desire from at least on the left that when these folks have been on the wrong side of an issue, that they're now trying to correct it. And, and and in some ways, but there's so up. there's so much more that he could do to actually correct it instead of just throwing out this little blanket message that makes everybody feel good and does absolutely nothing. Well, one thing I can say this much: the people of D.C. who Luke Scaramazzo have- for one. Okay, there's numbers of nonviolent cannabis offenders that he could release and done this with a stroke of a pen and had to be done and got major credit. And I would be cheering it on 100 percent. And I'm not trying to take away from the goodness of what the president did, because I do think that it is a positive step forward. So I don't want people to misinterpret my message. But at the same time, it's a blanket statement. It's not doing anything. Okay, let's let's not forget that it's not doing anything. Then what's good about it? What's good about it is that the president is making it an issue. He mentioned it. That is amazing. That is amazing. And and anyone convicted, anyone convicted under DC's drug laws, since the district is not a state, are technically considered federal charges. So 6,500 people who were convicted between 92 and 2021 will uh, have their civil disabilities removed. So you're right. This doesn't yes, expunge that, the yes. record, but it allows them to get housing. It allows them to get jobs. It, 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 I think it, that's a fantastic thing. I think that's a fantastic thing. I'm not, I'm not yeah. taken away from that. I think that's fa- yeah. fabulous. But how it's being portrayed is like we're letting people out of jail, and that's not what it is. But it, it, it is a start. It is, it is a way... I, I think he he basically threw a bone to all the the governors out there, both Republican and Democrat, to move the state policies forward, and that's what, what I'm hoping to see. What we see, I see some kind of bipartisan approach. I mean, if, if people were able to work with with Rohrbacher, with, despite all of his other ideas, then I think we can get some kind of bipartisan support going forward with with this. I hope I so, and I would totally support some bipartisan support. out of this is. Republican states ran by Republican governors who are not going to consider this just because it came from Biden. I think that's the biggest issue here. Well, you, you know who I think really needs to take the lead on this and I think would be the perfect person to do this because of his uh, presidential aspirations as well is Gavin Newsom here in California. And I, I think I think he would be the perfect person to take the lead on this. Uh, Cal- California is, you know, the largest economy in the nation. And would, it would just it would signify and start start a, a trigger effect that would happen in all of these other states. 
And, so and you have the, uh, the, the the prop situation over there that we don't have. It makes things a lot easier for for, for citizens to get uh, their their word across. I think as far as a true leaves bill is concerned, I think it's four four years too late because there have been bills that have been put through on our legislature that have made it nearly impossible for citizen initiatives to go forward. Like, for instance, we have to have- Paul, you, you think it's four years yet. too late? Yeah, because they, they've had the chance to go ahead and put through these bills that, for instance, re require uh, practically a million signatures. To, I think uh, it's two years too early. Mm. Because if you look at if you look at if you look at stats, if you look at stats and you will love this, uh, Representative Leonard, you will love this uh, cannabis initiatives actually show a higher Democratic turnout in elections. Yeah, we have more registered Republicans than we do in uh, Democrats in this state, yet so many Republicans continue to win and they've been in control of the legislature for how long, Andy? Since 96, 30 years. Yeah. I you know, th this entire conversation, like, it's funny we're doing this while people are getting stoned, right? Because this is what people do, right? They get high and they just debate the politics of the shit. And we forget about the fact that this is something that's going to help real people's lives. Nobody cares that we're going to purposely delay this two years because it's going to get a, a better electoral outcome in a general election. Screw that. There are people Hold suffering on. today. Hold on. What, what, what happened? Too much for their weed today. What, what about Corey Garner doing the same thing? And like the rest of it is just fucking noise. That's but, that's honestly like what this is. Corey it's, Gardner it's and Chuck Schumer did the same thing with safe banking. Year after year after year. Oh, we should wait another year because like, oh, well, the politics is going to be better. Screw it. It's a good policy. We should do it now. And we should do it more than we're already doing. We should go loud and we should go proud. Corey Gardner I, and and has grandstanded on safe banking say i'm not going to allow this, this bill i don't give a shit this is but good no but i'm, sa I'm saying it happens on both sides I'm, I'm saying it happens on both sides it. you can't say oh done. only this party does it both parties do it you're doing it right now <laughs> this has been the last 10 minutes like we're still talking about it like if you got the votes and it's a good policy, then make America a better place. That's what I'm, we're about. I'm 100 percent with that, Andrew. I'm 100 percent with that. And I'm looking forward to seeing a legalization and expungement bill with a bipartisan support and bipartisan sponsorship coming to Florida at a theater near you. Well, you know, Gary, I think what we're going to see in Florida in the next two years is more than likely a glitch bill that can help correct our medical program. I mean, if we can open up the books and, and the statutes, um, expand qualifying conditions um, and put in employment protections, put in those medical protections that you and I have, have so advocated for, um, you know, and, and address, you know, some of these other issues like the current allotments. I, I've had how many, yes. I, can't, I can't tell you how many patients call me this week pissed off that they can only get two joints when they walk into a dispensary now. And that's what they got to stick with for the whole day. Um, and that's, that's a major issue. All that and, does is fuel the illicit market. That's yeah. all that that does. Yeah. And Jason, you, you said earlier, you know, DeSantis got to win and give Brenda's folkable flower. But what have you done for me lately? Because you've had four years to help us push 
you know, uh, uh, employment protections, but he allowed Roach and them to dominate the, the conversation with uh, THC caps. And I think, it, like like Andrew said earlier, the representative learned it said, you know, it, nothing moves in Florida's GOP unless the governor's on the board. It is a very pyramidical structure. So I, I, I you know, to me, the failings of our medical marijuana system, I have to put on Ron DeSantis, and I have to put on the Florida GOP because they're the only ones who have the power to change it. Andrew's in the back in a minority that can't do jack shit for us, and he he has, you know, if you're a minority, you got two options: you can build bridges or you can throw grenades. And Andrew, you know, likes to I, I have a question. I have a question for you, for you, Kano. Yeah. How many of the companies in Florida are lobbying to keep it that way? Most of them. That's a very good point. And that's right. the exact reason why. It's not on the GOP or anyone. It's because they're being lobbied to keep it that way. We're we're doing the opposite. We're lobbying too, but you're right. They can write bigger checks. You know, the MMTCs have way bigger pocketbooks than Suncoast Normal does. You know, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing that uh, oftentimes elections are based on how much the candidates are able to raise uh, prior to the election for uh, uh, for their. It's amazing uh, where all this money comes from, right? Well, it's, it's amazing where it, where it comes from, and uh, I gotta tell you, uh, just... in my, yeah, I mean, you brought up. Uh, one of my uh, end nemesis is the other day I went on your show, uh, Kevin Sabet. <laughs> yes, yes, Dr. Kevin Sabet. Well, I, I believe that, Florida. you know, I believe that you always have to see what the opposition is doing in the time that everyone is cheering, because otherwise you're going to get caught off guard and you have to see what they're saying and understand what they're trying to get across. Well, one, one conversation I had with him, he, he said, we have to give this to the pharmaceutical industry in, in, in molecule by molecule so they can create safe products. And I said, do you understand the concept of boof? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what did he say? He said, I have never heard that word before. Uh, said, well, it was probably those gummies that you were passing around at the last uh, event where you actually left the entire baggie behind, which is true. By the way, find me a prohibitionist, right? That's an actual a user that has smoked cannabis and is saying they, they wouldn't they wouldn't be a prohibitionist then, Kano. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, Jason. And I think that's the that's the main issue that we see. I mean, 100 million Americans have utilized cannabis. Uh, is at least 60 million that utilize it, you know, regularly. And and in the fact, and those are those are probably underreported numbers because the government came to me with a survey and said, "Do you smoke?" Uh, no. <laughs> You know, yeah, so, you not get them. You know, uh, it's. You know, I think the only person you, you probably tell is your doctor. You do you smoke? Smoke what? That's always the question. <laughs> Andrew, is there any buzz in the legislature right now as to after the election, everything calms down, uh, what might might actually move this next session? Because uh, I, I'm curious, or is it, it's just a matter of we have to wait for all the elections to be over? Even though, quite frankly, a lot of them are already swinging in, in the direction of, of the winners at this moment in time. Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I haven't heard anything really specific other than a couple like one-off conversations I've had with um, individual Republicans that aren't in leadership on this issue. So um, <clears throat> that, that means nothing because they're going to do what they're told. <clears throat> but, you know, I will say, you know, you guys talked about a glitch bill earlier. Absolutely. We're going to have to come back. We're going to have to fix something. You know, what I tried to do in the bipartisan bill we ran last year was <clears throat> to the point you guys made, like bring the two sides together on an issue 
And in this particular context, like you're gonna have MMTCs aligned with activists and that's going to create some synergy that we, because we need it, right? Like a lot of the rules around MMTCs are going to hold them back in a now potential future recreational market, which is certainly what they see this as an indication of where we're going. So we're going to start getting the wheels in order. And a lot of Republicans are going to start trying to put up new roadblocks, right? Like you could see a world where they're gonna to have to create some sort of recreational cap. They're gonna to have to start doing things like we negotiated last year in 679. Like those, those are things we knew um, were likely to come. We wanted to create a glide path to get us there because full, you know, descheduling or to Jason's point, rescheduling, whatever you want to call it, like descheduling or bust for kids. Uh, we're going to have to put new protections around like where you can smoke. I, I don't think a lot of people want this stuff in schools, for example. So there's tons of new regulation that's going to have to happen to make this a safe and smooth transition. And all of that should be done in a bipartisan way. Well, Representative, let me let me say this much, that there is something in regards to the legitimacy of cannabis as legitimate medicine to where it should not be utilized as a weapon against people who use it. So we need to change our child welfare laws in this state. You know, people should not be losing their kids or going to jail because they're cannabis users. Cannabis use should not be utilized someone as a weapon, uh, uh, you know, in, in any shape or form, whether it's their job or their livelihoods or their, their medical treatment. And I think that's definitely one of the main things that we got to address in changing the culture and changing how uh, statutes, you know, treat people. Well, and, you know, you, you said it because it is an interesting paradigm shift that we have to make as a state, right? Because... We have purposefully over the last few years viewed marijuana um, as medicine, which is exactly what you said. That's why we don't tax it, right? That's why we put it in this MMTC construct because we say this is a medicine product. This is not something that you should be using to go get high. I'm not saying this is what the state says, right? But in a reschedule, deschedule, whatever you want to call it, that shift starts to change and this continues to be medicine for some people but it's also just like your god-given right as an american to be free and go do what you want to do to your own body right so why why we do that with delta 8 for example and we don't do that for cannabis continues to defy me because you know in america in a free country the burden of proof should be on why you should regulate something not on why you should uh, why it should be unregulated, right? So this should default to being just an adult product that anybody can use. Now, should we continue to have safeguards for people who use it as medicine? Should they get, you know, lower taxes, for example, because this is something that they need for whatever disease that they're dealing with? Yes, of course, right? Like I ran the bill for uh, free cards for veterans with PTSD, for example, right? Like that stuff should continue to happen. That said, we need to create this new set of rules for all the new users on the recreational side because, you know, it's a free country, you should be able to use it, but that still means that we have to create new safeguards for how we're going to do that, how we're going to keep our kids safe, and nobody, no reasonable people are against those sort of protections. Why, right? why not just have That's a, a reasonable... whole new paradigm that we got to create? Why not just have a, a so common sense approach of treat it? like a cigarette and anywhere you can smoke a cigarette, you can smoke cannabis and that's it. 
Well, yeah, the problem, New York. <laughs> just right off the top, like most of those rules are local, right? right? So you'd have to write thousands across the entire state. Like, it's just, this is my point. Like, well, this well the, 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 the state could just come out as a blanket statement and say, if, if you don't have anything on the books. Automatically. Right? Could, couldn't the state just come out and say as a blanket statement, sure. say, hey, um, unless you have something on the books, this is how it is. They, they could. They okay. Won't. All right. They so there, could. there could be. That's what I'm saying. There could be a common sense approach done. Okay. But again, you know, like common sense does not win. It's cute how often you argue against the logic of your own party. But I hear you. <laughs> I, I, I argue for logic in general. With the with the bill that you party logic is an oxymoron. With the bill that you proposed last term, that was uh, this compromise that with uh, with Spencer Roach, um, it really seemed like the 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 new ten percent caps was going to be Delta Eight. You mentioned Delta Eight earlier. As you know, I sell Delta Eight. Um, I I I'll preempt this this question by saying you can totally make Delta Eight illegal to make cannabis illegal. I'm totally down with that, but. What do you think in the world of legalization coming? Does hemp fit in it, or do you think that's going to be the compromise? We get rid of hemp and we legalize marijuana. What are we doing? No, I think what we do is we let the markets do their thing, right? And absolutely no criticism of Delta 8, but like in a world where you can go get, you know, unregulated cannabis or the Delta 8 synthetic product, I think most people are going to default to the cannabis, right? Um, at least that was my experience in college from what I, heard. So, I, I I have a question. I have a question. What is the difference, Representative, between cannabis and hemp? J Jason, you're talking to the guy who tried to make that case a thousand <laughs> times on the floor, right? Like, absolutely. I'm just saying, they, under they the Controlled Substances Act. One, we don't even have a prohibition against eight-year-olds buying at a gas station. And the other one, uh, we have a complete lockdown inability to do it's, any legislation. It's so ridiculous. So it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. we should yeah. be fixing this. but. In the fix that I would prefer to see is you let the market speak for itself, right? Like you deregulate, you make this stuff legal, and then you let competition do what competition does, right? Couldn't and, one, couldn't one and, argue, couldn't one it, argue, Representative, that, uh, that, that basically since you've already tried the experiment with hemp and nothing's happened, that you could just let the cannabis market operate in the same way? Because you have Delta Eight being because you have Delta Eight being sold everywhere. That is a, a psychoactive compound, um, basically very similar to THC, and that's being sold everywhere on the market space in the open in the open air. Just like you said, eight year olds can go into gas stations and pick it up. And so my point is, is that why don't we just treat THC the same way that because there hasn't been a major health crisis from this happening yet. I mean. I agree. The first line of my cannabis policy on my website is smoke it if you got it. Like, Word the fuck up. Now, hey. now just, just so, you know, Andy, I'm, I'm, we are going to bring you a bill that talks about protections for uh, parents who smoke cannabis so the kids don't get taken away. Uh, and that, that, uh, that I find is an issue that, that is definitely had not been breached in a long time. That kind well, of goes into the question that I'm trying to, to and I think Jason's going to really enjoy this question. I, I really want to ask you, Andrew, uh, in order to legalize in Florida, we're going to have to work with Republicans. I think that's an inevitability, right? 
how how does that compromise look? I think it looks very similar to what we did in 679 because that bill, while it didn't move, was taken seriously like behind closed doors, right? Like people were definitely talking about it. And that compromise was basically let's add protections for children. Let's add protections for, you know, schools and places where you you have to create these new restrictions. And in creating the new restrictions, you get the compromise on removing restrictions on the other side, right? Because otherwise, you've got people that would lock down, you know, Democrats who would lock down and be like, I'm not going to add all these new restrictions if you're not giving me something else, and vice versa from them. So, like, we do have to come together on this, and meeting in the middle makes the most sense, right? So, I think, and, and, and look, you know, protections against kids is a bipartisan issue. Like nobody is going to be against stuff like that. It's just a matter of like, you really do have to do one to get the other. You know, and that's funny actually hearing uh, Jason talking earlier about how like Delta 8's proof that we just should sell it wherever, like smoke it if you got it. And like, it's just interesting that that would be the compromise for like, there's so many different Republicans, like there's so many different liberals out there. And I think it's just interesting that it seems Jason would agree that we should just have this free open market. Well, Delta 8 is also a good example of in the absence of government, like the industry has done a good job, right? Like Carlos, uh, both of y'all are great examples of people like most reputable stores are not letting eight-year-olds come in and buy this stuff, right? Like, but there is no law that says they can't. Right. Like there is nobody out there who actually is preventing it. It's just that companies are being responsible on their own merits. Now, are there, you know, people that I'm sure are skating those laws? Yes, absolutely. That's the role of government is to step in and stop those bad actors. But at the same time, like this really is something where we can all agree (laughs) and we can do this together. I don't think there's a Republican vote or a Democratic vote that would be different. The question is whether House leadership and whether the governor is going to be willing to even entertain the conversation. And that is an unknown, right? Because it is entirely possible that they would rather talk about migrant flights to Martha's Vineyard and make this fight a referendum about stuff like that than they do about solving real problems in the state. And, you know, for my time in the House, it has been very clear they would rather wage those out-of-state culture wars than actually improving the lives of everyday Floridians. But we are trying to help Texas uh, deal with their immigrant problem, which is nice of us, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, we started one in New York City, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Well, I don't think that Senator Brandis, who is our, our libertarian uh, Republican senator, who, who has been our champion for so many years and is now terming out, is going to be on with us today. So uh, on his behalf, I would just say that uh, we, we can get bills in the legislature. You might not always get the votes you want. You might not even get out of committee. But I think at least starting the conversation is a way to start. Well, and as a Democrat with an A rating from the Libertarian Americans for Prosperity, I agree. <laughs> we love the world is upside down. That it is. That it is. And we're just trying to make it a better place. So, uh, Andrew, you, you've got the, your, your uh, 
election coming up in the, in the general. You, I, I, hopefully, uh, you're uh, you're cruising to, to the finish line with that with a, with a couple of bucks left in your pocket. <laughs> there is nothing cruising about it. I was uh, the closest race in the state two years ago. Uh, I was gerrymandered even redder this time. It is going to be a decision by a couple dozen votes. I'm convinced, and uh, you know. The, the wind that day could change the outcome. So it's going to be close, but uh, we're ready for the fight. Uh, Jason, Andrew is, what, is a, a stunning example of how the independents and the, uh, and the liberal thinking Republicans can, can change a vote because that was actually a district that Trump won. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 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 Andrew won that, won that district. So that, that, is, that it shows the, the power of bipartisanship right there. And, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll see a lot more of that. Uh, Jason, I, I, again, I, I always suggest you guys go ahead and check out uh, his podcast, which is on YouTube, and I subscribed yesterday, I think. Oh, I thank know. you so much. I appreciate that, Gary. On High at 9, which is, at, which is at noon here on the East Coast. Yes, High Noon. We call it High Noon on the East Coast. A, a One... great source for, for news and uh, bizarre opinions. Yes. <laughs> One full hour of cannabis news, Monday through Friday. America's nice. number one daily cannabis news show. If you want, Jason, I can come on your show and talk atheism. Well, there would have to be a news story for you to provide a comment to. Never for the grace of God, God, go I, yes. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, Carlos, trust me, the Catholic Church will have a headline sooner or later by the end of the year for you to come on. I'm fine. trying to find it on YouTube right now. What, what is it actually called? High Noon? High at 9. H-I-G-H-A-T- nine news all one word on youtube you will find it the fastest please subscribe we really appreciate all your support amazing thank you so much yes shout out thank you so much by the way what's that table behind you what's that that's the living room yeah that's the living room okay yeah that's what my living room looks like too i just that's why i don't put on tv are there any ketchup (laughs) walls what's that I'm just wondering if there's any ketchup on the walls. Just there is no ketchup on the walls because uh, most of the eating is done outside on the patio area. Oh, I got you. <laughs> by the golf course. This is more like a cocktail reception area. That's hilarious. Yeah, and then there's one table right behind me up these stairs right here. There's one table right there that you like can there sit and have lunch at. Well, guys, well, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say before we close out, I do want to take us out on this note and and talk about. Um, the the adult use amendment uh, that you know we see uh, Smart and Safe Florida uh, putting out, and to be clear, you know, uh, folks say you know, hey, is this a grab from the MSOs? In the actual language, it does allow the legislature to license and essentially take down vertical integration if you read it closely. Um, you know, the 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 issues uh, with the bill that some folks might have might be the caps on the fact that you can only have three ounces of flour or five grams of of concentrate. Um, But all in all, you know, as far as bills go, it's the only one in town right now. It's the only game in town. And so if you want to see adult use on the 2024 ballot, then this is the the initiative that's actually going to, you know, get it done. I would, you know, we're going to invite Kim Rivers to come on the show to talk more about it and, and, and talk more about the motivations behind it. But I think it's important that we all take a look at and see what's happening. In addition, you know, there is a home grow amendment uh, in the works that's coming down the pipeline. 
And uh, and so having both of these amendments run concurrently and getting both of them on the 2024 ballot is going to be vital because as 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 we've seen, Representative Lerner has shown us, you know, um, trying to get bills passed, even common sense bills, even in a bipartisan nature, are is very difficult in the current political climate. And, and all in all, it's going to be up to us, the voters, to once again do the jobs that our representatives don't want to do. And that's to legalize it. And if you want to legalize it, you should go to our Halloween events. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, Friday of uh, the 20, uh, Carlos is actually, I believe, the 20, the 28th what? of October. The wrong date yeah, you got the wrong date on the flyer. It's the 28th. It's Friday, October 28th at the Stone Soup Company. Uh, seven to eleven. We're gonna have a costume contest. Uh, you know, VIP members get a one-year membership. A uh, VIP tickets, you get a one-year membership at Suncoast Normal as well as a goodie bag. Um, and we're gonna have a, an awesome time. Um, in Ebor City, uh, definitely come on out. This is our our second Halloween event. Uh, you know, we had to put a stop to them because of the pandemic, but we're back with our, our official Halloween party and uh, encourage folks to come on out and have a good time. So yeah, we're we're posting in the chat the link to the. Yes, and Jason, feel free to grab your personal, your private jet and head on up here to, to yes. Ebor City. I, I, I did promise you a, uh, a tour of all the microbrews here in Tampa Bay. I'm going to come take you up on that offer the next time I'm in town, Gary. And a big thank you to both of our guests for being here no, today. Thank you guys for having us. Uh, Representative Leonard, it was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for the subscription. I hope you enjoy. And... Um, if you check out the, the last our, our last Friday episode, the October 7th episode, um, we went into a deep dive in regards to President Biden's recent announcement dedicated the full half hour of the sh first half hour of the show uh, to strictly just talking about that one issue. We'll do. Uh, we'll do. And thanks again for having me. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website, again, is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.